Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 on the Junior Sport Podcast with Naeem. Today, I am delighted to have two familiar faces in Danish badminton. Both these players are often training at Badminton Denmark's national base in Aarhus and are currently at Badminton Europe's Center of Excellence in Holbæk. These players have also had exceptional results at international tournaments in recent years. David, who's reached semi-finals at Irish Open and Norwegian International, as well as Martin, who's faced some hard battles in the quarterfinals at German and Croatia International. Now, before I share all the info myself, I would like to warmly welcome Martin Bungo and David Kim Christensen. Hello guys, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. It's a pleasure to meet you, David. I haven't spoken to you much before, but of course, your face is very familiar around Babington, and uh, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having no me. No problem. Martin, good to finally talk to you again. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, for sure. Good to talk to you, Naeem. I'm very excited, excited about Super. this, man. Okay, so you guys are currently at Babington Europe Center of Excellence in Holbæk. Big environment, a lot of professional players. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good coaching and uh, good facilities that can be used. Tell me about the experience there currently at the COE. David, you want to try first? Yeah, so uh, we came here last Wednesday um, and we've been here for a week already. And yeah, we checked into the bubble. We had to bring a negative corona test first to be allowed to train here. Uh, we got our own rooms and it's really, really nice here. Um, the training is quite hard and we got a really tough start since it's been some time since we last been training. This is the unload. So yeah, and the, the hall and courts are amazing and it's really nearby our room so we can just walk to and from training. So uh, yeah, it's, a, it's really good to be here. Sounds like a really good environment, David. Uh, what about you, Martin? What's your uh, thoughts like so far? I think it's amazing here. I think uh, everyone is, is very nice and uh, the coaches as well. Uh, it's hard to back on court, but uh, I think like we are getting used to it now. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed, enjoyed being back for sure. That's great. And I'm happy for you guys that you can actually begin training again. I mean, we all are happy for that. Um, now, you both mentioned that it's hard to start training again. And David mentioned a corona test. Uh, so prior to this stint at the Center of Excellence, how has life and training been off the court since we are locked down due to COVID-19? Martin? Uh, yeah. COVID-19 sucks for sure, but uh, I think that uh, I have managed to to keep my training up and uh, I've done a lot of running and like gym and yeah, I was allowed to, to do some gym in my dad's uh, gym in uh, Hamel in uh, Jutland. So that was pretty cool. So uh, I kept my official up and uh, I feel that paying off What about off you, right David? Um, for me, uh, since I am a part of uh, the league team uh, in my club, we are allowed to train, but uh, only under the circumstance that there is a coach in the hall with us and we have to be a maximum of 10, of course. 
And other than that, uh, I have had access to the gym uh, because I, I'm also a part of the league team, which goes under the professional sports. So I have been able to go to the gym uh, on a daily basis too, if I needed to, where, yeah, of course I could do the uh, strengthening session or maybe go biking. So I've had those uh, options. And yeah, then in my club, we have been having around two to three training sessions uh, in the hall. Um, yeah, so it has been quite limited, of course, but well, we haven't been completely away from the hall. But other than that, I've been uh, doing alternative trainings with uh, Martin as well during this period of time with the lockdown once again here in Denmark. So yeah, it's uh, it's not been completely off, but yeah, it's still uh, a bit limited. Now you mentioned alternative training and that you have some limited time at the hall and at the gym, but this must mean that you have some extra time for something else in your life. So with this extra time, have you picked up any new habits or any new hobbies? Martin? Uh, maybe we should start with Dale because I know he has picked up a, a new hobby that he's uh, using a lot of time at. <laughs> okay, David, let's go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, um, actually a couple of years ago, I picked up the guitar and then it has been a bit on and off for me. Uh, but uh, in the recent times now, I've started to spend a lot of time on practicing the guitar and I think I've improved a little uh, compared to when I started. So, yeah, uh, I'm definitely spending... Uh, I love time playing the guitar and I also really enjoy it and find it interesting and challenging in another, in another way. So um, that's been a good uh, experience for me to find something else besides my Bampton that I yeah, can uh, try to develop and uh, yeah, become better at. But playing the guitar, can you also sing? <laughs> uh, of... <laughs> Unfortunately, I am a really, really bad singer. So there is this kind of style on the guitar, which is called finger style, where I can express myself with the, the singing notes uh, instead. So I don't have to uh, sing and kill people's ears with my voice. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, okay. So what songs can you play so far? Or what have you been trying to play? Um, recently, I uh, I've been working on a couple of songs, and I've learned to play uh, "Say You Only Go" by James Arthur, uh, "Perfect" by Ed Sheeran. Okay. Then I have this. Um, yeah, it's more not really a song, but this is by a Korean a pia a piano artist. Uh, a song called uh, "Kiss the Rain." Okay. And then I also have uh, "Faded" by Alan Walker trying to become better at but yeah <laughs> okay it's, it's still a good effort so far well done to you yeah thank you what about you martin any new hobbies um yeah uh, i actually uh, it's not a hobby but uh, i spend a lot of time of uh, moving away from my home in uh, hinorp i recently moved to aarhus with my two uh, friends rune and casper uh, yeah and I started studying uh, sports science in uh, in August 2020. So I've had something to do 
like uh, studying and we were also allowed to to actually go to the school most of the time to do the the stuff up there up there but yeah and then i had the exams this january so i had to read a lot but uh, now i'm done with that so uh, i can spend some more time focusing on my my badminton again and besides that i also play a little bit on the guitar but uh, I must admit that uh, I think Dale has uh, passed me on his uh, like uh, his yeah, journey. He's, spend, he's been spending so much time to like it's I can't follow that. <laughs> then maybe you can practice singing with him. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Dale would agree that uh, I'm a little bit better singer than him. I've also <laughs> done some singing to, to his styles, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear it myself. <laughs> we'll give you a show one day. <laughs> okay, guys, super. Uh, I just want to move on to some more general information about you guys both. And David, I'd like to start with you. And the first question I want to ask is when did the badminton journey begin? How, when, why? All right, so uh, we have to go way back now, of course. Um, it started when I was around seven to eight years old. Uh, some of my schoolmates uh, asked me to come to play in the local club in my city, or it's not a city, it's literally a town uh, called Freilu. And I just went there a couple of times a day just to get moving, right? Uh, usually people here in Denmark play football or handball, uh, but Bamson was also on the schedule, so I joined them. Then they stopped. And I was considering quitting myself as well because now my friends were not there. But somehow I just felt it was a good time there and I enjoyed playing. Uh, then later on, uh, when I was around 10, 11, um, there was this coach uh, of mine who gave me an offer to come join a Team Denmark supported center uh, in a bit more... Uh, in the northern part of uh, Denmark called uh, Vensysl. And uh, I came um, from being really, really bad and I had to join the center. Uh, I, of course, accepted coming uh, since, it, since it was a one-in-a-lifetime uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, what do you call that? Opportunity. Uh, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. So I accepted and came there to the center being, yeah, uh, not that good and being among the best junior players uh, in my age and also above. And from there on, it just escalated quickly. And I uh, found out that I really wanted to, to do this uh, and pursue my dream. Uh, it became quite clear that I wanted to achieve something and also be good at this. So, yeah, uh, I would say that kickstarted my uh, career and is uh, probably the biggest part or uh, the the biggest part why I'm here today, where I am. Sounds like an exciting childhood, I must say. <laughs> yeah. But are you originally from the northern part of Denmark? Um, no. I am actually uh, adopted from South Korea, uh, Seoul, the capital, and I got adopted when I was a baby, eight months old. So um, yeah, that means that my parents are fully Danish and I'm brought up Danish 
but nonetheless, I would say I'm quite curious about my roots, not about who my real parents are necessarily, but more like uh, about the culture and the stuff they have out there, the food. Um, it really talks to me in a way. And yeah, I think the mix between uh, both worlds is uh, really good. So yeah. I think anyone would appreciate Korean food. <laughs> yeah, Korean barbecue. Yeah. Damn good, man. Now, Martin, can you tell me what your journey was like as a kid when you first began picking yes. up a racket? Yes, for sure. Um, I started uh, when I was six years old in uh, Hinrup, where I was born, uh, where my family lives. Um, my dad was the coach, so... Yeah, <laughs> he was for me from the from the start, but uh, I really liked it, and uh, I started training uh, a lot more, like uh, even when I was very young, and uh, I became good. Um, started to beat the the best in Hinnerup, and started to beat the boys that were older than me, and then uh, started playing tournaments as well, uh, and then one day. Uh, a guy called uh, Benjamin Kinch, who was the trainer in, uh, in AB, came to me and, uh, and spoke a little bit, uh, offering me to come and, uh, and try playing in, uh, in Aarhus Badminton Club AB. And uh, I was very curious about that, and uh, I wanted that for sure. So uh, I started like uh, once or twice a week in, uh, in AB, where I had the, the pleasure to be coached by uh, Shang Gang, uh, the Chinese coach there, and uh, also Thomas Ingholm was the coach uh, there uh, at that time. And yeah, that was why uh, my badminton dream started. And uh, yeah, I began to train a lot more and uh, was offered to come to the center and also as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on, I got accepted at the uh, ASA uh, Elite Sports Academy Aarhus where I took okay. the, the 10th grade and uh, got to have a morning practice as well. And uh, after some years, I was offered to to join the center a little bit more. So so I'm almost uh, training fully there now with Del. Okay, so you guys are both at the Aarhus National Base. Yeah. So what is badminton like there? David, do you want to start by telling me? Yeah, um, I can, of course. Um, the daily life there right now, um, I moved down here after I finished my uh, college and graduated. So the life down there right now is that I am uh, training there full-time, uh, being full-time uh, part of the center, and it's really good. Um, it's a good setup we have where we are, where I got offered to uh, be there five times a week, Um we have two coaches. We have our, I would say both of them are quite head coaches for us, which is Sven Ove and Shang as well. Um, being there is really good. The structure is nice and we are always able to get some good feedback. Uh, we're also always allowed to optimize the exercises, exercises if we um, can or have any inputs uh, on how to make it better. So uh, in that way, we are allowed to take responsibility for our own development. And it also it um, develops us as a human being in general, uh, being able to 
take responsibility for ourselves. And yeah, I think that's uh, that's really good. What you're saying is quite important, I think, because since I moved to Denmark, uh, we have also had the freedom here in ICAS to have an opinion about what we do and freedom to say what we think is best or what might not work for us. And I think that helps us all as a players because we know how we feel and we know what we like and uh, we know what works for us. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Now, Martin, what's it like at uh, Aarhus National Base? It's re- in your opinion, it's really great. I think uh, most of the important, most important things is that uh, we are always having fun there. Always yeah. like uh, the environment is so like chilled, and uh, everyone can like relax in it. I don't feel like that much tension and pressure. Of course, there is like some pressure that you want to like do it good, good uh, when the coaches are there and. Uh, yeah, but I feel it's very, like, it's fun. We're having fun practicing. And uh, on the other note, I also think that uh, that the gym we have, uh, besides the training, that's very, very good. We have, like, almost uh, three uh, gym instructors every time we do uh, do the physio, uh, physical things, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's amazing. I think the programs we're, we're having there are, are really, really good. And... Uh, that helps us a lot in the in the badminton court for sure. Yeah, I think that besides having the program itself for badminton and the the strength room, uh, having the support as well as three from three uh, different uh, trainers in the gym could be very effective to how you perform. Yeah, for sure. Uh, David, you mentioned that you are playing in the Danish league. Can you tell me a bit more about this Danish league and uh, which club are you playing for? And I also know that you're playing first men singles, so that must be quite exciting. Yes. Um, after, uh, yeah, usually I would play for, oh, sorry. Before I played for a club in uh, Olbo, which is the northern part, then I got offered to come to AB uh, and play the league. But at that time, it was only the second men singles because, of course, we had uh, Anna Sandersen as the first men singles, okay. but uh, yeah, right now he uh, is of course uh, having his uh, eyes on the Olympics and is focused on that. So yeah, it means that right now I'm currently playing the first men singles uh, for our team, and playing in the league has been really, really uh, exciting and fun, and has definitely helped me to develop. Uh, my game and my skills and my tactical uh, approach and how to play the game and other than that it's it is really challenging especially playing the first men singles because uh, you would most probably be facing world-class players uh, either Europe or in the world um, so it's not a lot um, of wins I can manage to give to my team but nonetheless, I think the experience to get to play against uh, higher-level players uh, hopefully will help me grow uh, my own game and myself too. So it has definitely been uh, gold for me to get this opportunity to be in the league and face better players to get to know where I'm lagging and where I can become better. Yeah, of course, it's always good to have uh, uh, a different outlook 
when you play different players and see maybe what you're missing or maybe what you can do better. Learn from your mistakes. Uh, yeah. Martin, I know you're traveling a lot. So you want to tell me about, you know, your experience representing Denmark? Uh, yes. Um, normally I'm playing like, I think, a tournament uh, every month. So uh, I got to see a lot of uh, different places. I mostly travel with Delva also uh, or some other players. Uh, and I really enjoy uh, playing those tournaments. Uh, I think it's it's great to, to face some other players and some other styles, uh, especially, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just really really enjoy playing those tournaments because I also think that you learn you learn a lot by playing those tournaments. You learn uh, it's 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 different. It's uh, it feels different to to stand in that big venue uh, with the judge and the line judges and all the setup and you feel more excited and you're more ready uh, and yeah, it feels better to win also. Uh, it also feels a lot worse to lose, <laughs> for sure. But uh, but yeah, uh, I I play for that. I play for those moments, and uh, I want to to for sure uh, be playing the, some of the the bigger tournaments. That's uh, that's my goal. And I wish you all the best. I hope you can accomplish. Thank you. Goals. Likewise, name. No problem. Uh, okay, so you guys talking about competing. Uh, around the world, competing in the Danish league. Uh, Martin, you're playing for Sufficient Freecast. David, you're playing for Aarhus AB. Um, training at the National Center in Aarhus uh, almost five days a week and uh, strength training, school. Now, there must be some sacrifices you guys have had to make to pursue this badminton career. And I, I want to know, like, what, what, what has it taken from you or what have you... Uh, what what are the sacrifices you guys you guys have made, Martin? You want to start by telling me some? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, first of all, uh, in Denmark, uh, there's like a culture that people wants to party a lot, and uh, that's for sure a sacrifice that you need to to do to uh, to keep focus on your sport. You cannot party all the time, and uh, I'm. I'm not partying at all. Almost, uh, it doesn't like say something special to me. So that's a sacrifice you can say. But uh, I feel good in that way. And uh, yeah, uh, and uh, also in school, um, I, I I I like uh, the school is not like the first priority to me. But uh, I want to to do it good there for sure. But I'm not giving it my my full time, uh, and that's I want to to complete it and complete it well. But my first yeah. priority is uh, is badminton and uh, how I can recover for for the coming practice and uh, be good there. Uh, so that's also a sacrifice, maybe. But uh, I still think that uh, I will manage it uh, good, even though it's not my first priority. I understand completely what you're saying regarding the parties and the social life in Denmark. Because when I first moved here, I was a total culture shock for me because I'm not used to 
everyone partying so much and uh, where i'm from is not normal yeah uh, every weekend or twice a month or whatever that you're drinking and partying and stuff i mean it's yeah. fun for them but for us it's quite different because we want to achieve something for sure david you left home in northern denmark in Jutland to all the way Aarhus for training. What what has that been like and what are some of the sacrifices you've had to make? Well, during my life, um, after or ever since I got the uh, opportunity and offer to get to the bigger club as a junior player, back then I would have had to say no to a lot of social uh, events and activities because, you know, I had to go training. So, yeah, then I couldn't participate. And on that front, it would also mean like maybe like later on, I wouldn't have that many friends to um, be with, but uh, I would have friends or close friends uh, nonetheless uh, because of that. Um, moving to all who said, of course, meant that, well, now I had to start um, scheduling my own week probably like oh i also have to remember to buy food what food do i have to eat uh, make dishes um just the uh, cleaning of uh, your clothing and so on luckily i'm also quite fortunate that i have a mom which is uh, really supporting and nice so every time i go back home she uh, will give me a really uh, loving helping hand <laughs> so um yeah, uh, of course there has, uh, of course I have had to take a lot of more uh, responsibility and be independent as a person, and be able to, um, yeah, there's only me and myself uh, who I can point fingers at if I haven't done it or done it in a good way, uh, whether whether it is the food or cleaning or whatever. So I'm studying uh with it all by myself and yeah that's also a learning process for sure um but i'm getting used to it and on the other hand i actually also really like uh cooking and uh, making food so yeah uh, it has not been that much of a turnaround for me though i feel like i when you explain this scenario i can think of myself yeah, because I yeah. also had to move from home and get things on myself. And you make a very good point when you're saying that the, the only person you can point fingers at is at yourself because it's up to you to do everything right and to make it as best as you want or as best as you can. So very well said, David. Thanks. Now, you guys earlier mentioned that you like to win and it's also hard to lose at these international events. Now, David... Do you want to tell me about one experience at the Norwegian International? What was it like in the semifinals? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I reached uh, a semifinal and, uh, at the Norwegian and also the year before, actually, a final. But the, the semifinal was actually quite more special because in 2017, I injured my uh, leg uh, first, uh, then a bit... Later, uh, it happened again, and I got a scan, and it showed that I tore my ACL, and I had a buckle handle um, damage on my meniscus uh, too. So I had to go through surgery, 
And then in 2018, um, yeah, it took me six months of uh, rehab and recovery uh, from then on. And now I'm just standing with or having a, I don't have any ACL since I didn't get that fixed, but only my meniscus at that time. And they chose not to uh, operate on my ACL since they said that my knee is stable. So I made my uh, comeback uh, on the international scene. It was actually the Norwegian international where I reached the semifinals and I lost out to um, another, another Dane, uh, Rasmus Messerschmidt, uh, really close, 21-19 in the decider. A really good game. And it was uh, such, it was so amazing just to be back and be able to competing or be able to be competing at that level again. Um, despite I've had to go through all of this with my knee um, and knowing that I could play without any pain uh, or fear of, uh, you know, injuring myself or not feeling stable. Um, so 2018, the semifinal in uh, Norway was um, a really good memory to me. I really want to hear more about that experience, you know, that, when you made it to the finals and playing without pain. So later on in this session, we're going to talk a bit, a bit more about that. Okay. For now, Martin, you want to tell me about the German international quarterfinals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I played uh, in my first match. I played Joshua McGee from Ireland, which... Uh, I actually thought it was going to be a tough match because he was ranked uh, very high uh, compared to me, 120 or something. And I, I beat him in straight games and advanced to the second round where I faced Mads Thursen from Denmark. Uh, also a very tough player, uh, former junior European junior men's doubles champions, champion. And I've had a tough time uh, beating him, but uh, I also beat him in straight games. And then I had to play uh, a guy for France called uh, Arnaud Macle. Uh, I think he's uh, he's world class. He uh, he outplayed me uh, as simply as that. Uh, yeah, he's he's really really good, and uh, I didn't really stand a chance. Even though I think I, I played a. Uh, a quite uh, decent uh, match. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he outplayed me. Um, so that there's not much to say about that. I think he he's really good, and he uh, he also won the tournament. And I think he's he has a bright future uh, for sure. Okay, I mean, of course, it must have been tough, but. Uh... When you see that the guy you lost to won the tournament, did you feel as bad or, or what? Uh, no, I didn't feel bad at all after the match because I, I, I think I, I played uh, very well, uh, but uh, I just couldn't like finish the rallies. Uh, like even though I, I played uh, good strokes and uh, almost had him, he just like survived. And then uh, when he just when he had the chance, then he he just finished me. Uh, so. Yeah, it was very, uh, very nice to play against him. Actually, to to try and face uh, that kind of player, uh, it's almost always uh, very fun to do that, and I learned a lot from it also. So um, I want to to beat him for sure one time, but uh, 
yeah, we will see. We will definitely see. I'll be, I'll be, on, I'll be on the lookout for that, <laughs> yeah. Martin. So now I want to move on to uh, our next topic, which will discuss uh, motivation and pressure. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Nice. So first question I want to ask you, David, is what are you motivated by and who is your badminton idol? We all have one. Yeah. So what I'm motivated by is definitely um, seeing my progress and knowing that I am developing myself both on and off court. And it's also motivates me quite a lot to um, see like how uh, other players uh, are, like seeing other players which are better of course and then being like okay I want to be there um, someday uh, that's where I want to be standing as well uh, I want to be the best I possibly can and hopefully it will be enough to uh, go to that scene on the world tour um, yeah, and be competing against uh, the best players in the world uh, one day. Uh, and then just like the feeling of uh, pushing myself uh, every day or even if I don't feel like it, I still try. Uh, if I don't, if it is not because I'm completely tired or it maybe would be a bad option to go all out in case of risking an injury, but being able to push myself, develop, and um, yeah, have a good process uh, overall. And I get really, in my younger days, I would say I was really uh, inspired by Peter Gade, but as um, I grew older and such, I started looking at the Asian players, of course, since that's what I can see myself more in since I'm Asian myself, even okay. though I'm <laughs> from Denmark, but uh, a person I really, really looked up to and felt inspired by was, uh, of course, Lin Dan and Lee Chang Wei. Yeah, very famous names and, of course, Lee Chang Wei, my idol, totally, ever <laughs> since I began playing badminton. Uh, love your style, love your speed. Yeah. Uh, Martin, what about you? What motivates you, and who is your badminton idol? It's uh, it's actually a lot a lot the same uh, as uh, as Dale just uh, told about. Um, it motivates me to uh, like try and become the the best uh, version of myself, and uh, to try and beat the others. You can say, uh, like when I see a good player, I just think that oh wow, I want to I want to uh, reach that level or or even further than that. And uh, and to beat uh, to beat him one day, and uh, also when I I'm out uh, playing the the European uh, international tournaments, uh, I'm also if I if I lose early, I'm also uh, looking at the other matches and uh, like seeing how how the other players are doing things and uh, trying to to learn from them. Also, I also think that motivates me to to watch others uh, and to see how they do things and how I can uh, maybe implement that, that in uh, in my game as well. And uh, Yeah, I, I think we can all, as badminton players, learn from watching matches. Sometimes, even after the practice here, I'm just sitting down watching people play because you can see some fine details that, again, like you can implement in your game 
which may help you, but you just have to try and keep experiencing and experimenting. Yes, exactly. And also, uh, also now, another thing that motivates me is uh, when people tell me things that I can't, if I can't do that or I can't do that, that, that actually motivates me a lot. I will say that that's actually one of the, the most uh, important things for me because uh, <laughs> I've, I've never like been that uh, like very uh, talented uh, young kid or with the brightest future like I've, I've always had to, to like fight hard and work hard to to achieve uh, things so I've met that before that people tell me that oh you, oh, you can never do that or you'll never be that good and I'll, I've always like thought in my mind that okay i'll show you and also uh, a guy that's that's uh, known for saying that is uh, morton frost who was in uh, in ab as well i think you guys might know him very well also yeah yeah uh, yeah he used to say that i'll i'll show them but do you do it to prove them wrong or do you do it to prove it to yourself that you can i think it's uh, it's it's both things actually most of course to to prove it okay. to myself uh, also to of course to prove it to those who who said i i couldn't do it yeah, yeah i i uh i've had some people tell me the same yeah. things but uh here here i am and getting stuff done it's <laughs> good um david you mentioned that some days you don't feel 100% and you know it's really, you're really wondering if to push uh, if not to push, you know, you don't want to risk an injury and the motivation might not be there 100%. So on these days, when you don't feel motivated, what do you do and how how do you react to your choices? So uh, what I do is that I would normally ask myself and just feel uh, what I really, really want or feel like. If it's an honest feeling or if it's just my uh, head talking to me. Uh, I think that has been really important also ever since I've uh, got the quite major injury back then that I have to be able to listen to my body. Where am I at? Uh, how do I feel? Is it honest or is it just because I'm chickening out? Um, yeah, so what I do is like, yeah, go within, uh, figure it out. And uh, is it an honest feeling I'm feeling right now? And what would be the smartest to do in my case? Uh, I can only talk for myself. So... Yeah, and I also, I'm also the only one who know myself uh, truly. So yeah. Yeah, uh, good point. You know, making a smart choice and ex- exactly only you can decide for you. Nobody can tell you how you feel or what you should do. So very good being uh, independent about your own choices. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Martin, earlier we talked about the matches in German international, and I wanna. I want you to tell me about the pressure you feel or you might have felt during those matches. Or yeah. It doesn't have to be at German International specifically, but in tournaments generally. How do you deal with pressure? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I think that uh, as a kid, uh, I learned that... Uh, when you like feel pressure and you you have those bad bad moments, you you, you need to to try and uh, like put the pressure away a little bit, but not like uh, put the focus away from the game, but like just the the thoughts a little bit. Uh, 
and maybe also like uh, try and focus on the on the game plan uh, instead of like just winning or losing or like the score. Uh, like try and focus on how do I play and uh, what do I need to do to to play good and uh, not like what do I need to to do to like win the points, uh, but just try and focus on the game plan. And yeah, just like uh, put yourself in like a, a small bubble, like uh, so you only focus uh, around that and not uh, everything uh, that's uh, outside that bubble. The the umpire, the line judges, or all of those things. I've had a lot of experiences with the, the line judges. I played, I played the Slovenia international quarterfinal against uh, Jan Lauda, uh, leading 17-16 in the decider. And uh, it was uh, one of those tournaments where the line judges uh, didn't have a clue about badminton before the they started uh, judging the lines, so um, they made a lot of uh, like uh, mistakes, and uh, for sure you you get a little annoyed by that, and especially when uh, when it's tight and uh, close in the end. And uh, we play a long rally at uh, seventeen sixteen, and uh, I won the rally. Would I say? But uh, it was uh, called uh, in on the back line, even though it might have been like five to ten centimeters out so uh, oh my god i remember i just i just sat myself in the in the corner and i refused to play uh, until that uh, call was uh, being like turned over to my favor uh, <laughs> i almost got like a, a red card for that and uh, after that i completely lost my head in the game and uh, lost the uh, 21-17 and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not a good example of that. But uh, I think you learn from uh, from those uh, moments also. Uh, you learn from like standing in those kind of situation and yeah. Yeah, I, I hope you have learned because I mean nobody wants to get a red card, and uh, I hope you've learned something. Yeah, from but experience. I, I did had the card, but uh, yeah, but I learned from yeah. Yeah, it's still not it's still not very nice to know that you can yeah. be cheated. But that will happen. Yeah. What about Yeah, exactly. We have to be open to that. It, it's always gonna happen. Even to the world's best players, they're lucky they have the review system where they can ask for uh uh what do you A call challenge? it? Challenge. Yeah. A challenge, exactly. So lucky for that, they can actually see exactly what's going on regardless of the line judges. Look Same. for instance Same. Uh, a few days ago where Vichy Hoos beat it, uh, Lee Chik Jiu from Hong Kong uh, at 19 all. Vichy Hoos was uh, slapping the net with his racket and uh, it was a sure, sure fold, but uh, it didn't get called. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there was some controversy afterwards I saw from many, many Instagram yeah. pages, but it's over now. No. Nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. What about you, David? Uh, dealing with uh, pressure regarding matches. I mean, you've played some people in the Danish league and a lot of athletes around the world. What's what has it been like, and how do you deal with it? Uh, it's been tough many times, I would say, and sometimes I have managed to deal with it better than others. Um, what I usually do or try to, at least, is um, being able to accept. The feelings I have, whether it is uh, 
me being nervous or uncomfortable or feeling getting all of these different feelings just trying to accept them and be in the moment um in my case what has been working quite well for me uh, quite well for me recently has been like focusing on my breath uh, if i'm actually or being aware or conscious about if i'm breathing uh, while i'm playing or practicing um sometimes i manage sometimes i don't and i guess it's just a part of it other than that like you know stay in the game um stay focused on what you have to do not maybe necessarily to win um even though that's a feeling or thought that easily can hit your mind and the fear of what if uh i have had that many times and i've failed many times with the two and still do but i have also experienced uh, that uh with my focus on the breathing um it has helped me quite a lot just to be in the moment and be present and uh, be able to handle and accept my thoughts and feelings and the situation i'm in right now and it has um it has been a good what could we call it a tool for me uh that i found that's worked quite well for me yeah two very important things to note even for myself uh the moment you put any self doubt into your mind things can go the wrong way so uh and you and you you counteract that doubt feeling by taking some deep breaths and being mindful of uh your situation where you are what are you doing and what your game plan is so i think that's key for any athlete to use in those moments where they feel pressured or stressed exactly. out agreed now i want to move on to the last section of this podcast guys with some rapid fire and some questions from people uh that they ask on instagram and on facebook Ooh, interesting <laughs> we are ready are you guys ready yeah. let's, let's get it okay so from suna to martin suna would like to know what are your good sides both on and off court um, on court uh, i'll say that uh, I'm almost every time working my ass off. Uh I think I'm good to to eat my own shit if you can say that. Uh I I've learned I've learned uh <laughs> I've learned learned what it takes to 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 work hard and I think I'm pretty good at it if uh I can say that. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm good to work hard. Uh and uh then I was <laughs> sorry uh i think that uh i might be a little funny outside the court also sometimes uh i don't know what suna is like uh, fishing for but uh i like to take the piss sometimes and uh i think that uh people also uh, mostly enjoy that and uh don't take me uh, as a fool <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean I can relate to you being kind of a comedian sometimes <laughs> on a good day but some days you know just being Martin okay, yeah. and I'm happy with that. Uh David, 
from Søren Bunse. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Søren okay, Bunse. Okay, yeah. From, he's also from Ventsusu. Uh, okay, now this is directly translated from Danish yeah. to English. And he would like to know, do you practice the windmill or does it come naturally? Oh, oh okay, yeah. Uh, windmill or cartwheel. Um, no, I don't practice it. Uh, I, I definitely don't spend time on practicing it, but um, it is something I'm able to do if you ask me to it to do it. So I don't know. Um, I could uh, tell you that I've had a past as a dancer. I used to do uh, hip hop and uh, break dancing. So I think uh, that's maybe where some of the body control comes from too um, and awareness. So, but yeah, I definitely don't uh, practice it because uh, it's a waste of time pretty much. And I don't know, like, yeah, it's not that good of a move of being in balance to the next shot, I suppose. So yeah, <laughs> it was probably just a uh, one-time thingy, even though it has happened afterwards too. But you won the rally in the, the first video I saw with this cartwheel. You won the rally. Yeah, that, that right? was uh, at the, my nationals against uh, Anders Anderson back in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Because uh, for our view, for our listeners who may not know, David Kim pulled off a cartwheel during defense against Anders Antonsen at nationals, and he won the rally. The video is on YouTube if you just search. Uh, what can they search, I think David? the uh, the keywords would be David Kim, my name, and Cardwheel eventually. Yeah. Uh, I also do know that uh, I posted it myself on my own YouTube channel as well. Uh, so it is out there if you are interested uh, in watching it. And for the listeners, what is your YouTube channel's um, name? My YouTube channel's name is actually just my name, David Kim. <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh, straightforward. Okay. Simple yes. enough. Now, some rapid-fire questions for you individually. Uh, Martin, I'd like to begin with you. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would be a tiger. Uh, or a lion. Okay. I'll why? I'll be a tiger because... Uh, Right now, I have a big, big picture wall in, in my apartment with a with a tiger, and uh, I just think it's uh, an incredible animal, and uh, it's like the king of animals. I think it's it's more it's a more a king than the lion actually. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but why why would you choose to be a tiger? Besides, it's probably being a king. If in your I opinion, like why do you like, want uh, to be a tiger? power and like uh, you're always like afraid of the tiger uh, and yeah so can this relate to the song i have a tiger <laughs> i don't uh, i don't think of it in that way uh, but i just think that the tiger like uh, represents something dangerous like uh, and i would say that i also want to like stand out as something dangerous when I play on the court uh, if you can say that so uh, yeah okay fair enough David if you were stranded on a tropical island 
what two things would you want to have with you? Two things on an island. That would, uh, uh, with my new uh, hobby, it would be my guitar, which is one of them. <laughs> and okay. I would probably bring my phone too, so I could watch the tutorials on how to <laughs> play different songs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I-, I need to ask. Now earlier you mentioned that okay, you play the guitar. You're not so good at singing, but Martin can maybe sing better than you. I'm yet to hear that. Um and now you're saying earlier that you were a dancer. Yeah. So this combination I think we need to see an update on your YouTube channel regarding these three items. Singing with Martin Playing the guitar all right, and dancing. All right, all right. I'll uh, will. Uh, I can only talk for myself though, but I will uh, accept the challenge or what to call it. So let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I will never. Accept Super. It. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, you can you you can hide behind something and say you don't have to be singing with him, but you know. Yeah. Do a voiceover. Actually, um, uh, sorry. Can I uh, just ask you some questions, name since I barely know you uh, that well um how uh, has it been coming from uh, trinidad tobago to denmark how has it been and uh, what is your dreams Uh, what do you uh, where do you want to go Uh, what do you want to achieve in your life okay good questions um uh first i came here in summer of 2018 i was offered by Suna to stay with the EC Sports School and also train with ECAS Badminton Club. Um, before, prior, prior to that, I was just at home playing, I guess you can say full-time, but our system at home, which almost doesn't exist, uh, which is a system I create myself so that I can train whenever I want and how much ever I want. Uh, I've had some really early mornings and some really late nights with training and a lot of big sacrifices to do for myself um it's it's been a a hard journey i would say in the la in the years prior to 2018 because there is nothing much you can do to become a full-time or semi-professional or professional badminton player in trinidad and tobago there's there's not much you know facilities and the, the coaching support is uh not very it's, it's not enough for to push you to become great. Uh, funding is always a problem. I'm sure you guys have problems with that too, to get money to travel and to compete everywhere. Um, uh, yeah, the big, the biggest thing was, you know, no structure in the system to grow badminton players. And sad to say that it's not only badminton that suffers that, that way, but um, it's a reality. And when I got the offer to come to Denmark, I accepted within a week, maybe less. And I really, I came here really excited. Uh, it was a huge culture shock, and uh, of, of course, because different country, different people, different society, different everything, food. Um, was not used to most of it. The weather being <laughs> terrible in some cases, because. Because where I'm from, it's it's hot every single day. I mean, just uh, the weather's 26 degrees and higher. Um, uh, goals I've always dreamt of 
becoming my best and I've always seen myself performing at a big stage. I have been to some big stages like the uh, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games or uh, players like Lee Chang Wei and Strikhan Kadambi, all those guys from Malaysia, India were there and Singapore and England as well. Um, Yeah, I I have accomplished some of it, but of course I have bigger stuff like uh, he would dream to make it to the Paris Olympic Games and also again to Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games and uh, it's it's a it's a hard journey knowing that I've, I've I've began playing badminton so late I think around 14 years old, like playing and actually training at that time. Before that I was just playing for fun with with just friends, just fooling around with the racket. Um, but when I came here, a lot had to change because you know technique and learning more about the game. And of course in Denmark you have so many different players, so many different styles. Um, it was a lot to get used to with badminton itself. You know, you need to get stronger, faster. Uh, it changed some technique and um, actually a lot of technique. And uh, yeah, I, I must say it's been rough in some times, but it's been really good in most periods because I really enjoy the process and I like to be here in the markets. It's a country that's been really good to me for the past two and a half years and I'm really happy here. Uh, I'm really glad to hear that, that you like being here and that you feel like it has been a good decision to come here uh, and actually I'm looking forward to get to know you more hopefully uh, in the future and uh, talk with you as well since uh, yeah I'm quite interested in it and yeah it's actually it's quite crazy you're coming from nowhere literally <laughs> um, do you think yeah. that maybe one day when you will go back home that you can uh, play a big uh, part in maybe changing the way the system is over there and maybe could see yourself coaching or uh, be responsible for developing other players from your country. Yeah, and that's just a very good question. And this is a thought that's been in my mind for maybe the last year, you know. What can I do to give back and how can I help people, not just in badminton, but as athletes, grow to become better and uh, realize their potential? Because there's many athletes in Trinidad and Tobago that suffer the same uh, the same problem because they're not sure where they want to go and what they want to achieve and how they can achieve that particular goal. Now, for badminton, I know for a fact, I definitely know that with the experience I have just by being in Denmark and my experience from traveling around the world and knowing different people, I know that I can make a change. But what's going to be hard is actually changing the culture to adapt to the society that needs, that that you need to become a badminton player. Like not a perfect badminton player, but at least a full-time badminton player where you want to chase results and you want to have a, a good system and you want to be able to travel at least twice or once a month to play international tournaments. That's going to be the problem because... A lot of people there just strictly focus on school and they don't see any future with sport and they don't see some benefits, you know, and they're not making, they're not willing to make a lot of sacrifices. So that could be a problem to actually change the culture. But I know that I can make a difference and maybe I will, maybe I won't. You never know what the future holds, but I think I have the, the capability to make a change. Well. I, mean, I think you would be a perfect match for that uh, task, definitely. That's what I know about you. You 
Thanks, Martin. I You're appreciate that. Hard, always, and uh, yeah, you strive for the for the stars. That's uh, that's the most important things. Thanks a lot. Uh, I, I, I personally, I think that even if I stop playing badminton next year or whatever, I think I will want to make a change and help other athletes realize that you know they can do what they want also and to, they can achieve what they dream of. Uh, grow in the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think I think I can contribute, but nope. let's see what the future holds. You never know. Just give it your best and yeah, keep trying, yeah. keep pursuing your goals and dreams, and keep working for sure. That's uh, that's gonna be more than enough. Yeah, definitely. And to you guys as well. Uh, this is sadly the end of our segment today. Uh, I must say I'm really happy to have had you guys here on the podcast. Thank you for giving me your time. Uh, yesterday we had we had to postpone, uh, and thankfully <laughs> that happened because I was also quite tired last time, Martin. So that's uh, although I stopped early at practice, we I was really tired as well. But thank you guys for your time. I wish you all the best at the COE, and I wish you all the best for your futures um, with school and all your endeavors in the future. So, Likewise, man. Thank you, Naeem. And thank you um, for having us. Take care. It was, it was thank a you. Pleasure. Uh, and you, I think you're, you're doing a, a, a very good job with this. And uh, I'm excited for you uh, to see how this uh, project will uh, will grow. I'm, uh, I'm sure it will, will be yeah. be very big one day. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too, Martin. Thank you very much. Super. Well, See I'll you see you guys name. soon. Take care of yourselves and stay see safe. See you. Bye. Goodbye. So guys, that's all for today. From the Junior Sport Podcast with Naeem, I would like to close off by wishing Martin and David once again good luck and all the best for their future endeavors and to keep chasing and fighting for what they believe in. In addition, I really hope that we can learn a thing or two about Martin and David's experience with dealing with pressure and how they have created some positive out of those experiences. After all, diamonds are made under pressure. Do take care and goodbye for now.